Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy you've tuned into the show. Whether you have listened before or you're brand new, I'm so grateful for you. You have no idea. And this episode is brought to you by my Become Aligned course. And podcasts are amazing. And I know that you know that because you guys all listen to them. And I do too. And sometimes they are not necessarily enough because while we're listening, sometimes we're passively listening and we're not actively listening. So the reason that Chris and I, Chris is my husband, the reason we've created this course is because we get asked so many questions outside of the podcast on how we started living the life that we live now, a life of happiness, of abundance, of really understanding that life is always full of problems every single day, but there's always a solution. And how do we shift back into a mindset that's going to keep us happy, keep us together, keep us successful, and keep us in thriving relationships. And that is what 
our Become Aligned course is about. Because we cover everything from mindset to the rituals that we do every single day. We talk about different energy sources that's really going to provide you with lasting energy. We talk about your purpose and what that actually means, what it is, and how it's ever-changing. We're going to tap into your beliefs. We're going to show you how to build a tribe to support where you're going. And we're definitely going to talk about wealth, abundance, money, all of the good things and how to sustain all of this. Because while, like I said, podcasts are absolutely awesome, you don't necessarily sit down and actually write out a plan for yourself. Because as much as I can sit here and tell you on the podcast what we do and how much, how many different people that I can interview, it's important that you actually learn how to apply these things in your own life. So if you've been listening for a while and you are ready to go deep and you really want to get some direct training and be able to dive into your life and yourself and your mindset, this is the course for you. I don't know about you, but I absolutely have points in my life where I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Sometimes I hit walls where I don't necessarily feel happy anymore and I haven't sat with myself long enough. I haven't really let myself think. I haven't written out how I actually feel. And so many people who took this course said that it was completely life-changing and they revealed a lot of things about themselves, about them li- about their lives, about their relationships that they weren't really looking at or they were avoiding. And it's about having those tough conversations, not only with other people, but really with yourself and knowing that you have the tools and the access to the tools. And we're going to teach you all of the tools that you need, not only to move through things, but to actually thrive on the other side. So you guys, I would love for you to join the Aligned community. It's such a special group of human beings and you get lifetime access. This is nine different modules where you're going to be working through each area of your life at your own pace. So you might need something on abundance. You might need more on you know money. You might need more on your purpose, on your tribe. This is where you can really go deep on exactly what you need and make sure that you're not missing any of your blind spots if you are feeling stuck or if you are wondering how everyone is doing it and how they're managing it all. This is a truly honest course about how to have a thriving life and manage and deal with all of the different problems that do come up in your life and understand that not everyone is going to support you and not everyone is for you and you are not for everyone. And that's okay. It's finding your people. It's forgiving yourself. It's creating a life of abundance and choosing your own purpose and your happiness. So you guys, you can go to becomealigned.com. That's becomealigned.com. And you guys know that because you're listeners, I'm going to give you an awesome deal and an awesome discount. And I cannot wait to see you in that community. And also let me know if you join because it is such an awesome, awesome uh, community. And also I'm really proud of this course. Chris and I poured our heart and our soul into this. Everything that we've done, everything that we've learned, we've invested so much into ourselves that this is everything that we have applied in our lives. And if you want to know how we've done it, we put it all on the table. We've put it all in this course. So if you want to know, go check it out at becomealigned.com. So let's get into the show. The best 
things in my life started happening when I just started to follow my heart and pursue who I was. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the show. And oh man, am I geeking over this guest. Uh, I have followed this person for a while and I just think it's so freaking cool that they are completely anonymous. (laughs) So enjoy this podcast and the emotions of wanting to know who this human is, but also just freaking loving that he writes from what he says is the shadows so that he can truly just share from his heart with zero judgment. And I really got... um, I went deep with him on talking about this because I think that you know there's definitely freedom in it. And I also just wanted to ask a lot of questions about you know what it's like to create like that and how can we create uh, beautiful art from a place where we are exposed out in the world if we're not anonymous. So you guys, my guess today is Atticus. If you've never heard his name before, you've probably met someone with his words tattooed on their skin or heard them sung at a concert. Atticus, the young, anonymous, two-time New York Times bestselling author, has taken the world by storm with his beautiful poetry and powerful, simple themes of love and strength of the human spirit. He's been dubbed the number one person to follow by Teen Vogue and the world's most tattooable poet. (laughs) by Galore Magazine. He's been followed, quoted, retweeted by the world's top superstars from Carly Kloss to Shawn Mendes, Emma Roberts, Alicia Keys, and the Kardashians. We all know if you get retweeted by the Kardashians, it's going to be a good day. Atticus' words have been tattooed by tens of thousands of his avid followers. He's been featured in Time Magazine, Elle, The Guardian, Teen Vogue, Huffington Post, Publishers Weekly, The New York Times, Wall Street Journal, He's also collaborated uh, with people, or he's collaborated with Kygo, Maroon 5, Stance, Socks, Target, Coach, Urban Outfitters, and Refiner- Refinery, say that three times fast, 29, among others. In 2019, Atticus launched his own wine brand called Lost Poet. All of this while wearing a mask and keeping his identity a secret. Wow. Like, how do you do that, right? In his words, he says, I'd rather send love from the shadows. You guys, his wine, so freaking good. I got three bottles of it. It's like one of the most beautiful romantic gifts that you could give to anyone, a loved one, a friend, whatever. Just freaking awesome. If you're a wine lover like me, they are stunning bottles with poetry on them. Are you kidding me? So we'll link that up as well in the show notes for you to be able to go and get yourself some bottles of wine that are just ridiculously gorgeous. I want to take this moment to remind you, I want to be in the room with you at the end of March. Last weekend of March is the Bliss Project. This is going to be 
the most epic bliss project we have had yet. You don't want to miss it. I don't care if you're nervous. That means it's the perfect room for you. If you're excited, also the perfect room. Go figure. So you guys, just be willing to get in the room and let the magic happen. That's all you have to do is show up. Show up with your nerves. Bring it all with you. It's all welcome. It is going to be game-changing for you. This is what I know. I've now done this for eight years. Get in the room. Sell something if you need to. Get in the room. You can do it. All right, you guys. Go to theblissproject.info. I can't wait to hang out with you there and just dance and have fun and meet your tribe and let the magic connections happen. If you're waiting for something to happen, it's not going to come to you until you take a big step and tell the universe that you are open, willing, and ready. And that's how you do it, guys. You step in the room and you show up. So let's get into this podcast. All right, you guys, I am so excited because I have someone so brilliant with me today. Um, And Atticus, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's nice to be here. So this is so crazy. We realized we're actually neighbors. We could have done this in person. I <laughs> know. We're literally a stone's throw away from each other. So you are in uh, Venice Beach. Have yeah. you? Where were you raised? Where were you born and raised? Um, I was raised in the Pacific Northwest. So Canada. Okay. Yeah. Oh, amazing. That's awesome. What brought you to California? I, I mean, I, I love to travel. I, I love uh, I love the ocean, and um, you know, California's just got that ocean year round, so mm-hmm. it was it, it just made sense to me. But I, I do travel a lot, um, but I kind of call this my home now. Mm, okay, so I I want to. Why don't we start there and just talk about how our um, environment potentially can feed whatever it is that we're doing. So you are clearly a poet and a creative. So when you had the realization that you were kind of uh, most likely fed by your environment or surroundings, is that really important to you to get somewhere that inspired you? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, just growing up in, in nature and, and close, you know, close to the ocean. Um, I've always said that nature is, is, in a lot of ways, God's free muse. And, you know, I find, I draw so much inspiration from nature. And mm. certainly even like, even like when I get writer's block, I'll, I'll find myself like going into nature, going for a swim or a sail or like riding, you know, I have a motorbike and, but just being in nature and to some degree just uh, helps so much with creativity. Mm. So I want to know about the first time that you discovered that you had something to write down. You know, that moment where you're like, what is this? <laughs> And you put it on paper and you look at it and you're like, is this something? Because it feels like something. <laughs> That's a funny way to put it. Yeah, I was at, I, it actually came about serendipitously. Like I never grew up writing, um, certainly not poetry. And it, I'd never even thought of, thought about it as a possibility. And I was, I was in France of all places. And I, and I met this guy named Michael Madsen. Do you know who that is? He's like, he's like no, a I don't. Kill Bill. He's the bad guy. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. And... And I think a Justin Bieber music video, and I found him to be one of the most profound people I'd ever I'd ever met. And he told me a lot about his struggles with fame and and addiction, and how how in his word, poetry has saved his life. Mm. And uh, for me, that this year was this like American badass who was who was writing poetry, and you know that kind of gave me permission to explore that mm. side of myself. I was in I was in Paris, one of my first trips to Paris. Uh, a few days later, and I just 
saw something I thought was beautiful and started writing about it. Hmm. Yeah. So did you share it? <laughs> not, not right off the bat. Um, I started writing them on a typewriter and, and taking photos of them. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'll put them on Instagram. I, I didn't know what would come of it. I was just kind of hoping I'd meet creative people, I guess. And I, and I certainly never expected it to, to, to blow up. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I am obsessed with just talking about the way that ideas come in and the way that people experience it and yeah. kind of what opens up that creative vortex. So for you, when like, even that moment of like, Hey, I'm going to lean into this. Did you, did you set an intention? Did you see it in a picture? Like, you know, it's a picture in your mind and the words come through like, how did it come through for you when it first started to feel like, oh, this is this is something that's coming through me? Yeah, well, I think I, I think it had a few things. I mean, I, I think it helped that I just had no goals for it whatsoever, and mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't following any rules. And it was for me, it was just completely a creative outlet, and so I, I had freedom to to do whatever I wanted to do. And I also wasn't trying to write good poetry i was just trying to write and just you know just get it out there and i think that that um that that a lot you know gives you a certain amount of freedom bukowski has this famous line he said if you're trying to write don't try Mm. um and you know you know basically what he means by that is like don't go try to write anything perfect just just like enjoy writing and and i think that was the biggest thing for me when i first started i just i just so much i so enjoyed it i really loved it and i still do so there are times that you can get into a space where you're either comparing or you read something else or you have something in your head that you want to get out and you kind of get stuck. You know what I mean? In that yeah. in a place of, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, totally. Um, and are you asking how I get out of that? Yeah. Like when do you, how do you notice that you're in it first? What do you say to yourself and how do you get out of it? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the writer's experience, um, and certainly, certainly, like the creator's experience, is to like to re- like hit those blocks. And I think, you know, we all do. Um, and for me, I, I just you know know that it's a natural process and and part of the experience. And so, um, but I, I do have like tactics to help me get out of writer's block and and you know just similar blocks. And um, again, like one's just getting out in nature. One's like just changing my my world if i'm writing it at home i'll i'll uh i'll like i'll go to a coffee shop or like you know go hang out with friends and just try to get my head out of that and um you know just just write just write try to find that enjoyment again you know just like start writing things i really like to write hunter s thompson who wrote uh, fear and loathing in las vegas and things that are my favorite authors he had this technique where if he couldn't write if he couldn't get that into that flow state He'd literally take out his his typewriter and open up a book of Hemingway or something and just start writing mm. every word from it, you know, just sentence after sentence. And and he's like, once I got into that like the mind of of Hemingway, I could just feel that flow and then then I'd be able to start writing my own thing. Mm. I found that interesting. Oh, I love hearing that because sometimes if I'm not feeling like if I have to go speak or um, you know do anything like that, inspire people, whatever it is, I'm like, 
I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not feeling that way. So I feel like if I, when I can plug into the energy of someone who is inspired, like who's written something inspired, I'm like, okay. Or even go watch it sometimes, right? It's almost like you're borrowing it and you can mirror like, oh, that's what it feels like and looks like and sounds like. Yeah. Inspired. Um, So is it a habit for you? Like, do you believe, I'll tell you, this is the craziest. So uh, when I was writing my book, because I had never written a book before, I was like, how am I going to do this? Like you really, it can feel pretty daunting. You know, like every day I'm supposed to say something smart. Are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) crazy. So I, I would sit in front of this computer and I noticed that the more and more and more that I did that, like the more my back hit the back of the chair and like I had my ritual and my coffee and, you know, set up whatever I wanted to set up for me. It was like, my body was like, okay, we're going to write, you know? And, and it wasn't always like it was even good, but I would notice I would just, it's almost like I could accept even if nothing was coming through, like I could have a little grace and I was like, okay, this is the process. So yes. can you tell me a little bit about like, is it a habit? And what are some of the emotions that come around the process, like resistance and things like that? First of all, I think you 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 kind of nailed it, and and you know I found something similar, and I know a lot of writers are the same. It's like you know half the battle is really just showing up, and like oh my god, yes, you know you're just spending that time in front of your computer or in front of the you know your journal or where however you write, um, but just being there, and you know a lot of the time. Uh, at least for me, you know, you're not going to write anything good, but you know, sometimes you just get into that flow and then just realizing that's the natural, the Mm -hmm. natural cycle for sure. And so, you know, I, I definitely, I think, as you said, um, like the routine of it all helps, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that like, you know, sitting down in front of your computer with a cup of coffee, you start like having that association with the cup of coffee and you're like, this is good. I need to go right (laughs) <laughs> your body's just like I need more coffee. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I was like, you don't need a second cup of coffee right now. You need to type a word. Yeah, yeah. Just type anything at all. <laughs> uh, but no, the you know the ritual is so important and showing up and making it you know part of your routine and and just realizing that it's not always going to be great and and you know sometimes you'll just have seeds of ideas. Um, at least you know for me. I, I spend so much time just like throwing down ideas, seeds, mm. and to come back to later. Mm. So yeah. does that just look like, like um, you know, sentences coming out? So for people who are listening, who are, you know, maybe they want to create a program, or maybe they want to write a book, or maybe they have a business idea. Is that literally just like letting it be okay to not have completed, you know, com- complete ideas and just writing sentences, or what is that? creative process for you look like if you have, you know, if you're sitting down and just, because I think so much of this is grace, right? So how do you like, let not have the idea fully there, but allow the grace around, like, it doesn't have to be fully there. A hundred percent. And just like getting really comfortable with that. I think part of it is like, I know a lot of creatives put a lot, put a huge amount of pressure on themselves to always be creating, you know, the big idea or, you know, whatever, but like, it, it's a game of inches and, and moving yourself along. And, and you, Woody Allen has a, has kind of like a, a famous routine where he just, he just literally writes ideas or like scenes down on, on like pieces of paper and mm. keeps all of these like, you know, ideas and seeds. And somehow he puts this together later on or wow. like as, he, as he moves inch by inch into, into like, you know, and these incredible, more linear stories. But, um, 
I find the same thing. It's like, I, I'll always have my phone on me and I have like a notepad on my phone and, and, you know, somebody will say something beautiful or in a beautiful way that I hadn't kind of, uh, heard before. And I'll, I'll write that down. It's just like a seed of an idea. Um, or I'll see something I think is beautiful or, or notice something. And, and I think, you know, certainly in poetry, uh, a lot of the, a lot of it's just about noticing, you know, mm. noticing, uh, the world and just trying to be present to, to what's going on. And, um, and those are all just like ideas. And then, and then sometimes, you know, then other times I'll sit down and I'll, I'll turn those all into like little short or bigger kind of ideas or, you know, longer things. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, you made me just think of a random question, but I think it goes with, I'm, I'm, I love watching um, all of the movies on like the, you know, like rock bands and artists and musicians and things like that. But they're, it's, it's almost like they're, so I love it because it's so bittersweet. It's like this horrible, beautiful torture that I'm like, why do they have to be so tormented to create such beautiful works of art? Like, is that a true statement? Or do you think that it's like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, why? Is it just the contrast or is it, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you part of it. And okay. I, I do find there's a correlation often between creative people and, you know, these tumultuous people and, and people that go through these like huge ups and downs. And I, and I think often it's because they feel so, they feel so much, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and part of that feeling is what gives them their art. You know, they can really put in those feelings into art. However, you know, it comes often you know, the cost in, in, in that, mm-hmm. you know, it blows up in, in, in these like chaotic, you know, like mm-hmm. often depression, but it's like also just like certain chaos. And, um, you see that with musicians as well. Musicians is, is different also because, you know, you have these people who go and perform in front of millions of people often. And the adrenaline that comes from that isn't matched, you know, they'll, they'll end tour and come back and, and, you know, nothing kind of matches that adrenaline. And so they mm. that discrepancy so vividly. And, and so they often go to drugs and alcohol and, and things like that. Mm. Okay. So that brings up this question. So you are anonymous and like, do you ever have moments where like you see someone's tattoo and it's your poetry or you see <laughs> your work out in the world and you just want to be like, that's my- like that's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes and yes and no. I I know exactly what you mean and and sometimes I mean you know it's like th- there is a certain there there is a certain um, a wonderfulness about being recognized for your for your art. You know I think that that's a that's a beautiful thing. For me, it wasn't worth the other side of it. You know, and mm. I didn't want it to kind of blend into the rest of my life. And, you know, I, I, I mean, you're the same, you know, growing up in, or like being in a, in a place like Los Angeles, you're exposed to a lot of, of fame and you, you know, you often see the the kind of dark side of, of fame mm. and recognition. And, and, uh, Bill Murray has this line. He's like, if you want to become famous, become rich first and then see if you still want to become famous. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that, certainly in this day and age is this obsession with recognition and, and fame. And I, and I think so often times it's, it's for the wrong reason, for the wrong reasons. And, and, um, you know, I, I'm just not, not interested in that side of everything, the, the kind of like 
mm-hmm. getting recognized. I want to be able to to walk in Paris and just be a poet in Paris and and not get you know recognized often, um, you know, all the time. So, and you know, the other side of it is, I, I really wanted to, as a poet, remind myself to 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 write what I feel and not what mm-hmm. I think I should feel. Not write for everybody else, but um, you know try to be as honest and vulnerable as possible. And, and the, the mask helps me do that in so many ways. And, mm. um, it was important to me. And yeah, I mean, it's a battle always, but you know, you just try to do your best. Mm. So if people said things to you like, Oh, has it, you know, has it made it easier to hide behind it? Like, is it easier to write things? Do you know what I'm saying? Like the other side of it with, with people maybe saying that it's, it's like an easy way out of being able to expose your work without having to kind of take credit for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I find, I find it easier. I find it easier to be more vulnerable. I find it easier to, to like just write for myself and not, you know, and not for anything, you know, for anybody else necessarily. Um, you know, my, my publishers are always like, can you just please like, you know, announce who you are or, you know, (laughs) they're like, you're making this challenging for us. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) But you know, for me, I'm just, like I said, not, not interested in that side of it. Yeah. No, I do see a huge, I mean, I, there is a lot of freedom in that. Like there is, I always think about, because I, I also love, I, I just love to write, but I think that so yeah. much of what I write, I'm like, wow, this feels either like a left turn or this would be so like, you know, this would be so exposing that, yeah. yeah, like I, I wouldn't put things out into the world because yeah, it just uh, totally like you could almost start a incognito page. So <laughs> if, <laughs> if something pops up called like, I don't know, Rubik's cube, you'll know it's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what? Uh, well, that's a That's a really interesting point you bring up. And, and I, it sounds like you you struggle with the same thing that I do to some degree, and and Tim Ferriss I think said it really well at um at some point. He's like he's like so many times on on my blog or podcast or whatever. He's like he's like you know I'll be I'll be worried. I'll be like you know this is too exposing for me. Mm-hmm. And he's like mm-hmm. what I've realized is like as a, you know as I've progressed is like that's that's when you're onto something. You know yeah. that's when somebody out there or a huge amount of people out there are going to really connect because it's the thing that nobody's saying. Mm. And yeah. So, I mean, I, I try to try to do that and I, and I, I, I'm like you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be writing something and I'll be like, ah, this is too, too exposing even for a anonymous (laughs) personality. Mm -hmm. I, I do know, I do really know what you're saying. Yeah. I think we're just in a time of like, uh, sometimes it's like the too exposing, but it's it's also the feeling of without having a lot of context, like things can be taken either so wrong or, and not even that, like what you're saying is going to be bad, but it's it's almost like maybe some people aren't either. Wow, this sounds really exposing, actually. But like, <laughs> maybe some people aren't at the level of thinking where this could make sense. Like, yeah. maybe they don't get this yet, and I wouldn't want to. You know, you wouldn't want to offend people who maybe aren't at this, aren't, aren't there yet, or haven't. Yeah, random, random thoughts. <laughs> yeah, 
it's it's very it's very true and and um i think that we need we as a, yeah i mean it's just a, a different point but i think we we as a society need to kind of evolve past this this place where people get offended too easily mm-hmm. what you know we what we lose is is like debate and like mm-hmm. that's what you know that that's what makes us us human it's kind of like this debate and then the you know you hope that the the, the right answers the, the most right answers come to the top mm. but but like people are scared to kind of voice their opinions and um yeah so i, I mean i agree with you yeah well this is so this is crazy what's like reading your poems right before this. So a a lot of them are very short. Like you have a lot of, well, just what's on Instagram as well, like very short poems. And what is so cool is that in this world of like, oh my God, let me make sure that I fill in the blank for you so that we don't get offended or so that you can understand. Let me give you all the context. Let me make sure, you know, I include everyone in all of these things. Like there is something so beautiful about a short poem that makes you fill in every single blank from different stories and different pieces of your life. Yeah. Like yeah. one sentence I love that. Yeah. that literally pulls you to different years and areas and moments in your life that you fill in every blank around it. Like you don't even need more than that. So yeah, simplicity, like being able to just say what you say and let it be okay for other people to translate it totally different. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for saying that. And, and, um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always thought that exactly is beautiful that people kind of put their own, yeah, they, they, they put their, their own world into those, into those poems. And I, and I think, like you said, short, short poems and aphorisms and epigrams and help people do that. You know, I was at, I, I do these, I've done these like, uh, meet and greets kind of thing where I, where I wear a mask and my mask is, ref, is reflective. And, and this woman came up to me after one of these shows and, and she's like, I don't know why you chose that mask, but I think it's beautiful that it's reflective because I think people can see themselves in you. Oh my God. I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. You should, can I use that as a poem? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I, yeah, I found that really, uh, really touching. Mm, that's so beautiful. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask, how do you go and do these? Like, is it weird to you to be like, okay, I'm doing this. Like, this is what I'm doing. I'm putting this mask on and meeting people. It is. Yeah, it's very weird. I'll have these uh, <laughs> more than once. I've had these kind of outer body experiences. We'll be in a room full of a hundred people wearing a mask and, and reading poetry and then being like, you know, can I, I can kind of see myself talking. I'm like, what is happening? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, but you know, for me, I, you know, as, as we've talked about, like anonymity was really important yeah. to me. And the other side of it is like, I, I wanted to have a human connection with people mm-hmm. that were connecting with the words and, and like a human dialogue, you know, um, like in-person dialogue with them. And, and so I, I, I struggled with how to do that. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, just going to go on these tours, wear a mask and, and I meet these people and shake their hands and look them in the eye and, and be able to, you know, if people had the tattoos and be able to talk to them about it and take a picture with them. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it was my way of, of getting the best of, of both worlds in a sense. Mm. So I have to ask, like when you, if you're in a relationship or when you're in a relationship, when do you like have your Superman Clark Kent moment? <laughs> that's a good, <laughs> that's a good question. 
you know, I don't, I definitely don't lead with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, for me, if I, if somebody comes into my world and I, and I trust them and I think they're good people, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not shy about it okay. necessarily. Um, I, it is part of me and I'm, and I'm happy to share. And, and, and so, yeah, it's usually kind of, usually kind of, uh, uh, natural. It comes out naturally. Okay. <laughs> just you, I, there's all these questions. I you have so many like layers that I'm just like, okay, let's get in there. All right, so, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I want to know when you when you are writing. Like uh, so many different people have theories on creativity. Do you believe that you are like basically stripping away um, like a channel to something? Are you plugging into something? Is it coming from you? Is it coming from the ether? Like where is it? what's your belief around where these creative uh, ideas come from? I love that thought. And I do, I do think that you're kind of like, or I like to think that you're kind of plugging into something. And somebody was describing once that they, they think that like all of these ideas are floating around in this, in this communal consciousness. And, mm-hmm. and when you like open yourself up to that flow, you're, you're accessing, you know, that, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I, 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 I do like to think that, and it's, it's, it's hard to know, you know, certainly when I can't write, I'm just like, I'm not plugging into anything right now. <laughs> completely. I'm, you know, not connected, but I, I'm interested. What do you feel? Like, how, how do you, um, mm, feel? I yeah. totally feel like I am plugging into something for sure. Like for me, that's just in whether it's a belief that I've, you know, kind of, strengthened on my own. It's something that's super useful to me fully because what I notice is that when I have an idea, the I, I see in the world, when I get an idea, I see a lot of similar ideas coming down the pipeline. Like yeah. I believe that they're always out there for us to grab. And it's our job to just like clear our own channels and lives and old stories. And we're going to have access to whatever idea is out there waiting for us. So I think they're unlimited. Like an, they're just always ever changing for whatever is kind of like important or important to you at that time. And I just, I think the reason that I feel that way is I was noticing as I was writing my book, like a bunch of books came out around the same time and I couldn't help but already feel like I had been like plugging into these different ideas that I was hearing and what was, you know, coming up. And a bunch of these books got released at the same time as my book. And we had shared like the same exact stories almost word for word. Like it was mind blowing. There were like three books that all shared like some of the like completely similar experiences almost to the point where we had like gone to different events and this is crazy. So one of the, you know, we had, I'll just share like a couple people had gone to like these different Tony Robbins events and we had shared this one sentence from this event that's, you know, like 60 hours long. And we all shared it and like wrote chapters on it in these different books that none of us knew we were all writing. So I was like, this is so true. And I think it's that a Plato theory that it's like, we're all like just basically, I'm pretty sure it's Plato. It talks about just all of the ideas up in the air and like we're all just trying to, you know, basically share this cloud. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so. And even if you think about it kind of even more literally, um, you know, we are a collection of, of all the people before us and like our ancestors and, and our, you know, their experiences. And, and it's all like led us to like this this human being and then 
you know, we are exposed to similar things. And so there is some sort of collective um, consciousness going, whether, whether we, you know, you know, wanted there to be or not, but there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to know like what theme, because I, I really feel like life kind of goes in themes, right. Of the year or of whatever season that you're in, what theme is kind of downloading for you right now? I'm in, I'm in a very like seeking stage right now, which I'm, mm-hmm. which I'm really enjoying where I'm kind of opening myself outwards and, you know, trying to connect with a lot of people and, and be inspired through that. And, and, you know, a lot of my time, a lot of time I'm, I'm very introverted, um, and seeking within and, and now I'm kind of seeking outwards in the world. And, and so I've, I've really been enjoying that kind of, of theme. What theme are you in right now? Hmm. I am in a, I'm just loving this dual podcast we're having here. I know, <laughs> well, I'm just like, I, I, I find it really hard to answer questions because I'm so intrigued by other people. So I'm the same, I'm the same way. <laughs> like, well, I want to know more about you. Oh, well, I love answering questions too. So let's see. Um, the theme I'm in this year, I was so extroverted last year, like with my book being out in the world and going on tour a lot and just like oh, doing yeah. a lot of new things that had, you know, just I was like saying yes to everything last year. So cool. this year was a bit of like, I was very closed at the beginning of the year, like going really inward. And I had some really epic, uh, just new, completely pivot life changing, like just very different ideas from what I'm used to doing. So I am in a new arena of just like new possibilities for who I thought I was. Um, yeah. And becoming someone I always knew that I was supposed to be, but didn't actually believe it was something I could become. So yeah, Yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So what is, um, what is a question that you wish more people asked you? I'll tell you just because this happened to me quite quite recently and I was, you know, I was having this conversation with someone and they they were like, "What did you like to do when you were younger?" And it really made me think and and it's interesting because I I said two things and this was this was a while back and I said I, I, you know, I, I liked to write. I wrote a lot, mm. um, like in, in my like journals and things like that. Um, and I, I always wanted to live on a vineyard, <laughs> like even when oh, I was wow. a really young kid. And it was, it was so funny because that, you know, Atticus came about it just like a little bit, a little while after that. And, you know, and then I launched this, this wine, mm-hmm. um, lost poet wine. And, you know, so often I, I, I often say, I think I've written kind of some epigrams about this, but, um, you know, we grow old chasing truths. We knew for sure as children, but the kind of idea that we, we know the answers when we're kids, we know what we like, we know what we want, but we kind of spend our whole life forgetting it, mm. um, and getting kind of buried by, by, uh, by life really. You know, and mm-hmm. so it's it's all about kind of uncovering that and remembering what it was when we were a kid. So I I really like that question, and I, and I wish. And the other the other the other question mm-hmm. which I liked was somebody came up to me and they were they were like instead of asking how old are you, straight away they're like how old do you feel? Mm. I was like wow, I love that. Oh, how old do you feel? Yeah, 
Yeah. How old do you feel? I mean, I'm, I'm forever 27, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, huh, I think I'm probably, you know, it's crazy. Cause I really love like 35, but I often act like 14. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm right in between there. 27. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, that's amazing. So, okay. So I do want to know more about how so something that i absolutely love is when people take something like and i know wine and poetry go together but at the same time coming from the same person business sense that that's not a poet is not normally someone who launches you know a wine business or whatever you're doing so i freaking love that because i believe in like amazing like things that complement each other, but are unexpected in someone's life. Like, I think there's so much room for possibility that many of us aren't looking at. Like, oh, I'm a poet. Why would I go into this wine business? Well, it's also a massive compliment. So why wouldn't you try it even if you know nothing about it? Um, So I want to learn a little bit about how that went for you. What did that look like? Because I'm guessing you just wanted to grow up like or live on a vineyard. I thought you were going to say when you were young, you're like, I love to write and I like to drink wine. I was like, hey, I don't know where you <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Lots of questions there. Yeah. When I was nine, I loved it. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Well, you know, it, um, so for, for me, it, it was, it was, it, it was all kind of serendipitous. And, um, you know, I, I, I grew up kind of loving the, I love, I love nature and I, I grew up loving everything that surrounds wine. I love like vineyards and I love like oak barrels. And I, and I like, this comes up a lot in my writing just because I, you know, I so enjoy writing about this kind of stuff, but you know, the whole process of, of, of making wine and, and, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, like going, you know, staying up late with your friends and at, at like wooden tables and, and mm. just until you're, you know, and you can't stop laughing. And so, mm. you know, it kind of, it was surrounding, it was circling the drain as it were around the brand. And, and, um, and I'd always had it in the back of my head and a friend of a friend had started this, this, this big American company called Wink, W-I-N-C and their, their wine subscription service. I don't know if you've heard of them, but was talking with him and he was like, we should create a, a wine brand together. And I was like, heck yeah. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's start exploring that. And, and I didn't rea- realize at that point how much of a process this, this whole thing would be. But, you know, we spent two years kind of coming up with, with the flavor and like working on the brand and, and, you know, come, it's a red blend. So it's a 70% uh, Cab Sap, 20% Merlot, mm. 10% Syrah. So just like something that's really, really easy to drink. And, the idea being it, it is that bottle of wine you bring on adventures. It's the bottle of wine that you bring to friends' house or that, you know, that you, you know, you're, you're staying up late and every, you know, it just the same bottle keeps, keeps coming out. You know, that's what we wanted to create. And, um, so we worked with these in, incredible, um, winemakers out of Santa Barbara and, um, and these two sommeliers and, and worked, you know, for, for, for these, for two years to find the grapes and, and to work on the blend. And, you know, they're just, they're, they're poets in the, in what mm-hmm. they do, creating this wine. And I've, I've always loved that, that saying like wine is poetry. Mm. Um, and 
And so, yeah, I mean, it's been this, this whole thing, but to your, to your original point, I, I, I really do believe that, you know, you know, poetry and business are not, are not normally co- correlated. And, and I, I do find a, a struggle of finding balance between the kind of the business side of what I do and, and the poets, uh, the poetry side of, of what I do. And, and I'm, and I'm, um, interested to know from your perspective, do you find that kind of the balance of the business and, and, uh, creative, uh, difficult? Cause it, it really is two sides of the, Mm-hmm. In so many ways and and it's hard to do both at the same time a lot mm-hmm. of the time okay i have so much to say here yeah all right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i went on a bit okay no i love it all right are you kidding me like take me down the tangent that's where i'm going all right <laughs> that is my target um, so that's why i love the red wine thing is a little, it, just wine in general is uh, you just made me really think like Poetry is paying attention to the details. Like that's really what was just coming into my brain because Mm. when I sit and drink wine, it's like when you have... Poetry is appreciation. That's what it is. Appreciation for the details is is all I can think about is because when you sit and you think about whether it's where your coffee and the creamer that you have in there comes from and when you really sit and get grateful for that, it's like you go down this vortex of just like beauty and appreciation and people and craftsmanship and experience. And when you go down the vortex of appreciation for wine, it's like you might never come back. (laughs) and, And I think that that is just the cool... Like it just... So beautiful. So, okay, let me co- go back to business and creativity. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, super, super challenging because it, it takes two separate sides of your personality. But I have had a recent like moment for myself that has been... It, it probably won't sound very game-changing to everyone else. But for me, you know, when you have little shifts that just kind of like lock in something or realign things and you see things in a new way. Um, So for me, I have always told myself like I'm not good with math. Like I struggle with numbers in business and for, you know, running a company, you really need to be good with your financials and your numbers. So whether I hire for someone from my financials or whatever that looks like, I also want to know. And I think that I went about it with an old story of like, Oh, math is hard for me. I've never been good at it. But I have recently made a new story of like, yeah, but if it's the way and it's the path and it's the freedom for your expression, like that math or that plan is the complete, like it will unlock so much creativity and you won't feel frustrated anymore. So I'm looking at it like that, like, okay, let's just sit here. Let's be patient with it. Like the same struggle is what you feel around creativity. There's nothing different here. It's just like, what story am I telling myself around it? So I love that. um, That's been helping a lot. Yeah. It, It is just kind of reframing those kind of old, um, stories that you tell, tell, tell yourself. Yeah, so powerful. What's something that you have reframed recently that's unlocked something for you? Something that I've reframed recently that's unlocked something for me. Good question. Uh, I think I think a big thing for for me is, and you you kind of touched on it, but um, you don't need to oversee everything, and there is a real power and freedom in del- like delegation and just like hiring the people that that mm. that are better than you at things and trusting them and mm. you know, for my you know I, i've struggled with the kind of like 
micromanagement of wanting to be, you know, touch everything and, and see everything and, and, you know, sign off on everything. But, but, um, I've been reframing that and, and realizing that there is real freedom in just trusting people who are good at what they do to do what they do. Oh, I, I love that so much. I've leaned into that so hard and it has actually been, um, I think you are going to just like, I think more of your gifts like will be revealed to you when you do that. Because I don't like, I really believe that we are a collective. So when we trust like, yeah, you know, other people who are essentially us, it's like really having trust in the greater purpose of all of it. And I think more is unlocked and revealed. So yeah, I just think you're going to be like blown away as you lean into that more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad it's, it's worked for you because yeah, it, 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 it does feel uh, scary, but I I agree. I mean, I, I, I see the light. Mm. And it takes a while. Like I, I, and I don't even want to say that story. I don't even want to put that story on you. Like, it's not that it takes a while. It like, it, some can be right away and then others, obviously you get some great lessons and then you know what to look for, you know, the whole life journey. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about, um, it sounds like your new book is on, um, it talks about self-discovery and purpose. And I think that those are really big words, especially with like, um, you know, the new year coming 2020 coming. And I think a lot of people always, it's just a reminder of like, Oh my God, who am I? What am I doing with my life? (laughs) So what would you say to someone who feels, you know, maybe I think there are a lot of people who feel really stuck in life, right? And I'm guessing that your poetry is the beginning of unlocking certain things for people. So what would you say to someone who feels really stuck, whether it's in a job or relationship, just life in general, what are some things to kind of open that up? Yeah. And it is so important. I would say, and from my experience, that the best things in my life started happening when I just started to follow my heart and pursue who I was, you know, mm-hmm. and truthful to who I was. Because I think, you know, we know the answer. We know the kind of first person we are. Um, but so often we, you know, we're like, ah, it's just not going to work because, you know, I, you know, I got life just gets in the way, kind of like what I'm saying. And, and, you know, Atticus was me following this, this kind of like truth in myself. And, you know, the wine was me following the truth in myself, you know, I, um, and when I started to do that, these, mm. you know, the, the world's things started happening, you know, and, um, people, I, I feel like people started to, to, to really appreciate me for who I, for who I was. I, I, and the biggest part that was attached to that is I really stopped. And this is like a con- consistent struggle, but I really stopped caring what other people thought. Mm. And, you know, what I realized is that like, nobody really cares. And, you know, everyone's got their own life. They're as confused as you are. They're going after it and they're, they're just trying their best but they're not sitting around thinking about what you're doing all day. They're, they're trying to figure out, they're trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so no one really, really cares and, and, and life's too short. And, and I, I don't know what it has been about this month, but you know, I've had a, a, a bunch of friends um, or people in my network with people uh, that have lost people in their lives recently. Mm-hmm. 
And the consistent theme that came out, it's been three different individuals. Um, and the consistent theme that came out of it was, was it doesn't matter. Life is too short. Just, Mm, yeah, I absolutely like, I couldn't, that, that is a season that I'm in right now is just embracing that like to its fullest and knowing, uh, honestly, I sometimes this is the most powerful thing for me is like, going to like worst case scenario and knowing that I will still survive that as well. Because I think so many of us are afraid of like, yeah, but what happens if we put that out and we offend someone or we say the wrong thing, or I say something I don't know about, or I do something stupid or I fail or I lose that investor's money or I X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah, that could totally happen. And you're still going to be just fine. And you're going to learn something from it that's going to help you with the next step. Like, we're all so afraid. So what do you do? Like, you know, with... You're out there. Like, you are... you. Whether you're, you know, you're out there in a big way while still somewhat being anonymous, but like your art is out there. So what do you do when either something just like gut-wrenching happens or someone says something or someone says something about your work? Like, how do you let it be okay? You know, the biggest thing for me was, you know, I think that like if somebody says something, like we we're so we act so much stronger to the negative than sometimes the positive. And if yeah. someone says something negative, negative, you just like, it's like a knife in your heart and you're just like, you take it so personally. And, and you know, Sometimes I think you're, you know, I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes the first reaction is like, oh, you know, they, they have this wrong and, and like, I've got to explain what, why, why they're mistaken. And like, I just got to fix this and fix, you know, I, I've got to make them like me. And, and I just feel so bad that they're, you know, they, they hate me or whatever. And I was talking to this, this guy and he, he just, it friend of a friend and he just happens to be one of the more successful people um, on the planet right now. And he's like, he's like, let me give you some advice. Don't spend one second on them. Mm. Don't spend one second. Don't, don't think of a really good reply. Don't like, don't put out some, like a blog post about it. Don't like, you know, Mm. reach out to the, to the, to the press and like, try to, try to spin it or change it. Don't, don't spend one second on it. Mm. do what you do, go back and like, write, you know, like create even harder than you did before. Use all that Mm -hmm. energy and just like, be a good person, do what you think is right, act in in integrity and just create. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because think about all the time that that person spent, all they've done in like, for like weeks is like, you know, spend time on trying to bring you down. That's Mm -hmm. what they've done. And all Mm -hmm. that, you know, same time, put into yourself, put into your own work, put into your creativity, put into your networking and, and like try to do good in the world. So I found that pretty, pretty powerful. And, and actually to your, to your other point of, of like fear and, and, and success as it, uh, as it, as it's related, I have, um, one of my, one of my best friends is, is an insanely, uh, successful and, um, uh, female entrepreneur. And, um, she outwardly, everyone is like, this woman it has, has her shit, shit together. I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. Yes, you can. <laughs> okay. You know, like she knows exactly, she knows that, you know, 
she's she just has everything together. She she's she's so smart. She she knows what's going on, and she just make always makes the right call. And being her best friend, I, you know, I get the other side of that. I get these late night calls, being like, I I just talked to Jeff Bezos, and uh, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm putting together these big business things, and like, I literally have no idea what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> And that oh, makes me feel so good. Doesn't it? You know, I mean, I mean same with me because the, the fact of the matter is like so many people don't really know what they're doing. They're, they're mm. out of their comfort zone and, and they're just trying their best. Mm. And, and, and that's what we, you know, we've got to do in our own situation. We've just got to keep moving and, and believe in ourselves and just make the best decisions we can possibly make. Mm. Sorry for the, another rant there. Oh, no, I n- don't ever apologize on here. <laughs> I literally should just rename this like, let's rant together. Um, <laughs> it's my, it's where all the good stuff is revealed, right? Like yeah. crazy. Oh, I love that so much. All of that, because, you know, not, not spending a second on it is, uh, I have this thing in my head where I, I just keep thinking like, and hopefully I get the word right. Uh, but like we're created unassailable. I, I believe that's the right word by no human, no other human can take you down. Like it's, it's a force that's like, if you are tapped in like to whatever you believe, to whatever energy or God or universe, like it's actually impossible for another like human to quote unquote, take you down. And that has been one of the most powerful beliefs for me, because then I can actually look at things and be like, okay, if it's not going to take me down, then it's for me. Um, And and it doesn't mean I'm not going to cry and freak out for a while, but it does mean that it's like, I can flip it and be like, okay, I get that this was for the greater, you know, good. Um, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Um, So I also want to just circle back to your book, but also to your wine, because number one, you had me wanting to drink red wine at 1230, which is totally fine. (laughs) If I was in Europe, I'd be drinking it. Um, (laughs) I'm going to send you some wine. Okay. I'm so excited about it. So that goes along with my other question. So when you were creating this wine and when you were thinking about it, if you had the opportunity to like send a little mini you along with every single bottle of wine and be in the room and the experience, what experience would you facilitate for people over your bottle of wine? You know what it is? I don't Mm. think enough people have gone skinny dipping. (laughs) 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 Maybe not as as little me. I think a little kid uh, helping people facilitate people skinny dipping is maybe not the best thing, but, um, <laughs> that's a great option though. You can be like, if you're near a body of water, here's what you're going to do. If not, here's option two. Yeah. I mean, I, I truly believe that, you know, yeah, I, no one should die having never, never skinny dipped on like a summer night, mm-hmm. you know, under the moon or something something. And uh, I mean, it just sounds so funny to say, but I've often write... Oh, I'm from Upper Michigan. That's like what you do. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. there's nothing else to do. So you're like, I don't know, maybe we should take our clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it certainly facilitates those, those moments, but <laughs> so probably that. <laughs> oh God. Okay. How about, um, do you ever have moments with your friends where you're like, how do I get us to talk about something better? Like, do you get bored? <laughs> um, I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that <laughs> coming back to the wine, I think that you just like, 
wine certainly helps facilitate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, so if you're offering a friend, if you're the friend who's like, "Oh, do you do you need me to refill your glass?" It means you're boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember what poet it was, but there's somebody who's like, wine helps me spend time with my fools and they, <laughs> about their, fr- their friends, you know, my, they're basically saying my friends are so boring that I, that I need to drink to spend time with them. <laughs> oh, well, I walk through the door to my family's house with bottles of wine. So, you know, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I love you, mom and dad. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> kidding, not kidding. You, you know, you know, it's family. We love them. All right. Um, okay. So wrapping up, uh, just if you would share a little bit about your um, book that just came out, because number one, I love the title. So is the title, was, was the title just like, I don't know. I, right now I'm experiencing a lot of magic in my life. So that's super resonating. Um, so about magic, tell me about what that means. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I struggled with the title for a long time and, you know, I was, I was putting together, together all these poems for this, this third book. And, you know, this, this consistent theme kept on coming up of magic and, and, um, you know, not literal rabbit in the hat magic, but kind of the magic of the, the unexplainable. And, and, you know, I always think about magic as, as that, you know, magic and love, I, I feel like for me are very correlated and, and it's that kind of like greater feeling. Um, it's the kind of, you know, you know, when you're, you're, you're young and first in love and, and you feel like the, your first boyfriend or girlfriend is infinite, you know, you know, in your heart, this is going to last forever. <laughs> that to me is is that that magic feeling that that that, that um, perfect clarity. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I started writing about all these different poems and um, that had the its theme of magic. And so I wanted to the, the truth about magic came out of that. Um, yeah. So magic is it like a miracle? Yeah, it's kind of like the miracle. It's the unexplainable. It's the bigger. It's the bigger thing. It's the kind of what you what what you described so well as the the flow, the the collective consciousness that gives you that these creative ideas come up. That's the truth mm-hmm. about magic. You know, it's like where does art come from? It's the truth about magic. Mm. Yeah. So, what are you most excited about right now? I'll tell you, I, I launched, um, so I'm always looking for new ways to bring poetry alive. And, and I'm also someone who loves to, to meditate and have these kind of force myself to have these moments of just peace um, and calm. And I launched um, my own podcast called Nate on Cashmere because uh, it's supposed to feel good. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a micro podcast. So it's just like a poem a day. and it's. Mm to music and it's supposed to be just this like this moment for you where you just take it out and you know take it out of your day and just just be calm and be present and you know hopefully bring bring more poetry into your into your life but i've been so excited about this and it's been it's been it's been so cool to hear the response and and how people are using it you know they're they're uh, using it before sleep or to get up in the morning or on their drives and um i i've loved I've loved the feedback and, and I'm, I'm starting to feature young poems, uh, young poets rather. Um, and some of my favorite contemporary poets, uh, as well. So mm. it's been incredible. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, that's awesome. It's, I, I feel like it's so much fun to have an outlet to express, um, just verbally too, like to be able to do that, which is 
just, I don't know, there's something about being able to like speak it out loud, which is, I don't know, very, like you feel very connected, even though I'm in a room talking, you know, sometimes to nobody. So, (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's like experiencing yourself, even being creative is really interesting. Um, So do you get asked this all the time? What's your favorite poem? What's my favorite poem? Um, yeah. Yes, I, I do get I do get asked that a lot, and um, it it's actually ties into a to a, a, a funny story, I, and it's really quick. But um, obviously, when I started, I I was anonymous, and and you know, so I didn't tell my family or friends or anybody, you know, that I was writing poetry. And I came back to, to my to my um, to my childhood home for Christmas um, about two years after starting writing. And I was just having this open, open conversation with my little sister, and she started telling me about this this poet that she'd been following called Atticus, and, <laughs> and how he really spoke to her. And I just thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> and I didn't have the heart to tell her, but um, I have told her now. And she was getting married uh, a few years ago, and she asked me to write a poem for her and her her fiance, and and it was called My Fate. And yeah, that was, that was kind of my, my favorite. Um, Is it short? Can you poem. share it? Do you remember it? I don't, I don't know it off by heart because it, it okay. it's a bit of longer one. Okay. But it's on, I just recorded it on, on my podcast. So if you can oh, go on, on, cool. on Naked on Cashmere and, and look up my fate, it's on there. And uh, yeah, I, I read it. Oh, amazing. Okay. So we'll link up your podcast. We'll link up your book. Oh, um, and we'll link up your wine too, because... Oh. I really think that ordering the wine and then getting the book and discussing what's in the book with your friends over wine is probably going to give you a way better conversation than you've been having. So oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just the truth, right? Because that's what I hear so often from so many people is they're just they're looking for a better conversation. They're looking for deeper connection. And I think that by sharing something that comes from a place of when you are in like a very internal deep part of yourself that that helps open it up for us. So I think it's a beautiful way to start conversations. Um, So thank you so much for this conversation. I had a blast. Like I just love, I could talk to you all day just like, because it's so much fun to go down those, you know, rabbit holes. So I forgot we were recording. I thought we were just chatting. I know it's the best. The only thing missing was some wine. So um, I'm so excited to try it. And you guys definitely go check out all of his stuff. Go check out all... Um, we can get your wine on your site, right? Clearly, I'm excited about the wine. There's a link or go to wink.com. It's also okay. there. Um, yeah. Okay, amazing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get your address and send you some wine. And I wanna okay, very, very excited about it. I'll share my experience too. I'll do something cool. special with it. Oh, amazing. That'd be great. Well, then okay. got a sponsorship. I always end on one last question. Yeah. And that is, if you were in passing with a total stranger without your mask on and they <laughs> and you were in an elevator and it was like a 30 second interaction and yeah. they looked at you and asked you how do i make myself happy what do you say ah, i love that question remember what you what you loved when you were a kid oh. all of those same passions mm, so beautiful and you guys go find, follow. I have everything linked up. If you loved this podcast as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friend right now and actually text them and let them know that you were thinking of them with this podcast. So until next time, you guys earn your happy. Bye everyone. 
Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. 
I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it's just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this and now their smart ai platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com that's k-a-j-a-b-i.com want to know a huge secret to my success Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori.